This is this is Evan Rob, and I'm joined today with Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review Podcast. Welcome, Laura. Well, it's great to be here, Evan. And this is a topic that both you and I know is very important. Yeah, we're really excited to do this podcast, and you know, this podcast is really born out of conversations that you have, you and I have had recently, uh, and also um, you and I both are big fans of Richard Allington, and we're reading a lot of his work, and we wanted to share some thoughts about struggling readers and. Uh, things that can be done to help improve their day when they're at school or things that are done sometimes inadvertently that make their day much more challenging when they're in school. So the topic of our little podcast today is striving readers reading throughout the day. Um, again, we're going to hit a couple points here and give a couple tips on hopefully how things can be improved for students who are struggling in schools across our country. Well, I have a I have a story to tell this time, Evan. <clears throat> Years ago, when I was working in uh, schools in Michigan, they brought me in to differentiate instruction uh, in the content areas. And I was in this class, it was a geography history class. And there were four or five students every day that would act out and just gleefully leave the room when the teacher got rid of them and go to the principal's office. And the third day I was there, I followed them down and I said, what's going on guys? And they said, better to sit in the principal's office than to sit in a classroom where we don't know what's going on and we can't participate. Um, and they put it right on the line. They didn't know what was going on because they couldn't do the reading and they couldn't participate. So there they were, outsiders, expected to behave and cooperate. Now, what that's a really powerful story. And unfortunately, that's probably true for many students. You know, and again, what we're talking about today is somewhat complicated, and we can't dive into it in tremendous detail. But I think we can frame it up like this. In many schools, and let's just take a look at, think about middle school, many middle schools across the country Every grade level has a particular set of class novels that all the kids have to read. You would agree with that? Yeah. And to some degree, at least. To some degree. Not all. Not, not always. I think it might have been a little more prevalent maybe about 10 years ago. I think there's a shift out of that, um, which, is, which is actually very good. So if a student is a weaker reader and they come into a sixth grade classroom where there is no additional reading support class for them, where they are expected to read a class novel that they cannot read, then they will never become better readers. And not only that, and this is what we're going to talk about today, that very student will not feel successful in their language arts class because they can't read the class novel, and then very likely will travel throughout their school day from one class after the other, encountering text and or textbooks that they can't read. Absolutely. Richard Allington is so clear on this, Evan. He said, volume in reading matters because with volume, kids gain fluency. They build their vocabulary. They build their background knowledge. <clears throat> they learn how to read silently because they can read the text and they become participating members of a classroom. So you're talking about language arts, but the same thing happens as students move to science, to social studies, to mathematics. They can't do a lot of the work because they can't read the text. And in some classes, I have observed that teachers do round-robin reading with the rationale that if the, if the text kids take turn reading the text, they'll hear the information. But the child who can't read it becomes embarrassed 
and loses huge amounts of self-confidence. And when there are giggles and snickers in the room, because they're stumbling over every word. So what Allington says is that we need to make sure that as children who are striving readers move through the day in all subjects, they have books they can read because volume matters. Yeah, that's a really important statement. So let's go back to the example that I gave at the start of this podcast, which is a struggling reader who goes into a sixth grade language arts classroom where all the students read the same novel. That student is not going to develop into the best reader that they can be if they are significantly below grade level. Now, in many schools, thanks to many leaders in literacy and you being one of them, there is more differentiating going on in language arts classrooms where there's genre-based instruction, where instructional reading is geared to meet the needs of the students who are in the classroom where kids are doing more independent reading. And in many of those class, those schools, students also have an additional class or reading support class where they're getting specific skills to develop their reading and, and, to, and to improve. But still, in many schools, such as the ones that I'm describing, kids still go off into their core subjects, and the differentiating that needs to occur for those students is not occurring outside of their language arts and their reading support classrooms, so those kids will still have a problem. Absolutely, Evan. And there are a couple of ways to solve this. We can. Many schools have book rooms, both for language arts and content subjects, where depending on the topics that teachers are covering, there's a range of books on those topics, and that and and the books are at different instructional reading levels. There are also some publishers who are publishing textbooks, uh, the same textbook on three or four different instructional reading lessons. We're getting better at it. It's just not happening in the schools. And there is no doubt that if students don't read, they don't develop uh, into proficient and advanced readers. And the NAEP tests bear this out because more than 50% of the students in this country in grades four and eight read at a basic or below basic level. And that means they don't have the reading skill to function adequately in the grade they're in. No, and, they're, and, and, and also they're probably not reading. They're Absolutely, not, and, they're doing zero yeah, reading. Most kids, you know, who, not many people want to do something that they're not good at. And um, so we have, so really the, the point of the message that you and I are talking about today is that schools need to be flexible and supportive of the varied readers that come into their classrooms uh, to make sure that kids can improve and so they can access text. So let me ask you another, another question. You are, you are not saying that a textbook of a lower reading level needs to be a completely different curriculum for a student. No, it's the same curriculum. We can buy trade books that are, on the topics, or there are textbooks that cover the same curriculum, but are at different instructional reading levels. You know, for me, it's a very simple solution. Look at the children in front of you, know them, and teach those children. So if you have a class in sixth grade where students are reading on a second grade, third grade, fourth grade, sixth grade level, then those children deserve to have opportunities to read and learn. Yeah, so this is a, a real call for schools to not only look at budgets and, and principals to look at uh, the money that they have within their school budgets or to work with central office to make sure that uh, appropriate texts are available for students. Um, it's also, and actually I wanna, I wanna stick on that one for a moment also because the whole concept of textbook adoption uh, 
can can be an interesting one because sometimes schools will look at adopting textbooks that uh, not every student in the class can read. Right. You know, there are some schools that have taken to adopting a textbook, but not purchasing it because they're fulfilling the whole idea of adopting. But they know that that one book will will just collect dust and it's a huge amount of money. So what schools have to realize is that having books and book rooms is not expensive if we stop being fooled by programs that say that they're going to make your kid better, and they don't, because in those programs, students are working on skills in isolation and not in the context of reading. And even more important, they're not reading. Right. And if kids do not read, they will not become better readers. Absolutely. It's like playing a sport. No one would think of sending the football team out without practicing every day and part of the summer. Yet we we don't make the connection to reading. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's really interesting that, that sometimes that connection is not made because, you know, the other thing that this, this brings to mind is not only the importance of allocating funds appropriately or reallocating funds, but also the importance of differentiating and professional development on differentiating uh, to help uh, teachers, language arts and non-language arts teachers, to make sure that they are able to uh, make the curriculum accessible and viable for every student that enters their classroom. Absolutely, Evan. And, you know, this business that uh, <clears throat> that worksheets or that skill and drill in isolation, because we have to collect data, uh, you know, there's a different kind of data collection with reading. We we have to we have to invest in teachers so that they they have the skill to help kids use books and they can use formative assessment, and every day they can see where children are and what they need. Really powerful message that you shared today, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. Again, our topic is driving readers reading throughout the day. And today we've shared some really good ideas on how that can increase, but we've also pointed out some ways that uh, that it happens in schools where it is detrimental to kids without, where, where it's detrimental to kids without... Without giving them the support that, that they need in order to improve. Yeah, that's really and well so, said. And so let's make this a, a, a goal for this next decade. Let's start immediately. I, I would call to action every school, everyone that spread the word, that we teach the children in front of us and everybody has an opportunity to become a reader, a thinker, a problem solver, and a citizen of the 21st century. Yeah, it's really well said. And if we're teaching the students in front of us, it does not do a lot of good to create a pacing guide where every single day of the year is paced out before the year begins. Absolutely, because we don't know the kids. In, and they change all year long, That and which is why I don't want teachers to order books for the whole year. I don't know. I start in August, but I don't know where they'll be in December or February or April. We have to be patient and learn to think in ways that respond to the children we're teaching. Thank you very much, Laura. Enjoyed this episode of the Rob Review Podcast with you. Look forward to future conversations as we talk about reading, teaching, learning, and leadership and share our ideas with whoever might be interested in listening. I couldn't agree more. Thank you.